Welcome to the Speech Source Podcast. My name is Mary Brzeek. And I'm Kim Dillon. We are two pediatric speech-language pathologists with a combined 25 years of experience. We are your source for speech, language, feeding, play, and much more in between. Welcome to Friday Favorites. Today, we are going to be talking about two of our favorite toys and how to play with them. These might be things that you have in your home already, or maybe they're things that you, after today, would want to add to your wish list. But we hoped that today we could talk about some toys in a way that gets you thinking about creative ways that you can use the toys around you to encourage language growth or sound growth or whatever you and your child need to be working on. So, Kim, what toy did you want to highlight today? Today, I wanted to talk about the Melissa and Doug farm or barn, which really there are so many different little barn toys that have the farm animals that go with them. So I'm just, I have the Melissa and Doug farm one. I know there's a little people's barn. There's such a variety of different barns with farm toys, but I wanted to, this is just one that I have. It's the little wooden one. I use it all the time in speech and with my kids. And I just wanted to talk about how I use it for speech and language. So really, if you have even just farm animals, you can implement some of these strategies. But one of the reasons I love it is we've talked before that farm animals have some really great early sounds that you can target. So you have that consonant vowel with the moo, ba, nay. So you can just start with that one syllable sound and then move into that CVCV or like, you know, reduplicating that sound. So moo, moo, ba, ba, nay, nay. These are just some really great ways to encourage some early sounds. And if they're saying the animal names, that's even better. You can work on cow, horse, duck, pig. These farm animals, they're so familiar with them. They see them everywhere and they're just great to reinforce with toys at home. So with my barn, it opens and closes. So I love that concept of open, close. We can go in and out and even, so the whole barn opens and closes, but also there's some little doors that slide open and close, closed. They can go up or they can go down. So you have some really great concepts there that are working on opposites and just like that idea of in and out, up and down, open, close. And I have a ladder. I think most of them have a little ladder and you can practice the animals going up and down and they can find little places to sleep. And so you can work on sleep and awake And it's just fun. Kids really like to just find little spots for them, take them in and out. It's such simple play, but it really is um, something that holds attention for a long time. I know with the, I think it, Mary, you might know, is it the um, Fisher Price one that has the white fence, the plastic white fence? I think it might be the Fisher Price one. I'm not sure. There is there are so many different ones. And even so within the Fisher Price ones, I I feel like the one that I've used is a little bit of a late model, you know? Right. There's such a variety and you're right. They come out with different models, but that's great too, because you can create a little fenced in area. And again, you can work on in and out 
and all kinds of little concepts with that. Once they kind of get past this early stage of just labeling and simple play, or maybe you're doing it and then they're modeling it, even if they're not saying up yet, I can model up, up, up with the cow and put them to sleep. Night, night, cow. And maybe they're not talking, but they may take the horse and they might model going up, 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 and then put their horse to sleep. So you have some of that imitation just with actions happening also. Once I move past that, you might get some more of that creative pretend play. So we're going to create a scene and our horse is going to bring some people in and some people are going to ride the horse and the farmer is going to come and feed the pigs. And this is where you can really start practicing some of those scenes and you can model pretend play. They might imitate that exact same storyline for pretend play, but then that's just practice for them starting to create their own scenes and their own pretend play ideas. And you can, again, like with everything else, you have this barn and you have these animals, but add things to it, add little people to it, add pretend food to it. You can create it to be whatever you want, but it's just a great beginning toy. So one of the things I love to do with some of these themes in barn and farm is one of them is I like to chain them to different activities because it reinforces those concepts. So with the farm, it's great to maybe we're going to start with singing the song old McDonald. You can sing it by yourself or you can sing, find a fun video and you're going to sing about all the animals. Then you might read a book. There are so many different farm books. The ones that have the little buttons that you can push that imitate the animal sound or that do the animal sound. So you might do a book section and now we're going to play with the actual barn and the animals. And then maybe you have some picture cards or you open up the book and you take the animals and you try to match the animals, the little play toy animals to the pictures on the book. So then you're going to practice matching. And so it's just a great way to use all different types of activities to reinforce some of the same targets. So the animal sounds or the animal names and matching is great because a lot of times the animals aren't going to look exactly the same. So here's a pig in a book and here's a pig of the toy and they don't look the exact same, but they're both pigs. Um, Or I noticed it a lot, you know, with the cows, they're going to be different color cows or different color horses. And so Old McDonald is something, or the farm and barn and Old McDonald is something that you can do so much with. And the Melissa and Doug farm or any kind of kind of farm is just such a great toy to reinforce all of these language skills. So it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. that's a great one. I I love to work with the little farm and things with, with my patients. Also, I know we're going to record this actually just upcoming next is a late talker episode. And what we're going to be talking about is really the idea of building language. And the barn is so great for that. Kind of like you said, Kim, is that those natural sounds that animals make are going to be vowel sounds and then syllables. And then you have the names of the animal. And it's just this great progression of language building in their units that you can practice at so many different stages that it's, it's a great one. Yes. And if you do tie the song with it, I know we've talked about this song before, but E-I-E-I-O 
is such a great combination of vowels. I mean, you're really working on some of those, you know, longer vowels, the diphthongs, getting your voice in all the different or getting your mouth in all the different positions for those vowel sounds and combining it. That's just great practice in itself, singing that E-I-E-I-O within the song. Yeah, that is a great one. And yeah, when you practice that, you want to really watch for how your child is saying those vowels because they're going to probably start this kind of kind of Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. their mouth is moving and trying to get in the shapes. And as they get more coordinated, you're going to see more of those lips stretching to smile for E, I, the jaw drops big. And so you're going from smile, open, smile, open, and then round with that O. And that's such a good practice for kids who, you know, have all sorts of coordination kind of struggles. Right. It's a fun one. It's a good one. And I feel like it's just, it's classic and timeless and kids love it. So what about you, Mary? What did you choose for today? Today I chose, I would say another classic, maybe not as classic as a barn, but I chose Duplos. And I think Duplos are so wonderful. If you're not familiar with the name, it's Legos, but it's their bigger counterpart. So they still connect the same way. They look like a jumbo Lego, essentially. But that's such a big category of Duplos. That's like saying, okay, I love pretend food or something. So I wanted to break it down. I'm going to talk about specifically a Duplo playground set and why I really enjoy playing that with my own children and in therapy. So Duplos are great, as we know, for open-ended play, right? The whole block idea. And I feel like building with blocks themselves can get kind of frustrating because you build a tout, you try to build something and then your fine motor skills aren't super coordinated and then it just falls down. Or you are building and then the kid's sole purpose in life is to knock it down, right? So I think that as you're building and connecting Duplos, it is a really fun activity in so many ways. The playground set I specifically like because it hits a lot of different targets for the exact age range that Duplos are great for, which I would say is like a two to six range for kids. And during that range, you're talking about lots of great core vocabulary. So the set I'm thinking of has a slide, it has swings, it has this little spinny merry-go-round, it has a bench, um, like a little table and bench that you can eat at. And the language in that is so great, both in the structures and also in action words. A lot of times kids really need to practice action words, whether it's because language-wise they don't know those words or because Things like S blends, like slide and swing, are later developing combinations. So I love to work on the action words of slide, swing, up, 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 down. If they're younger, using, you know, spin, there's another S blend. Lots of different great vocabulary that you can use as you're playing. The other reason that I really like the playground set is because Hopefully, all children are going to playgrounds frequently and are very familiar with the vocabulary. So I like to really connect your 
pretend play at home with its counterpart of the activity that you your kids do in their daily life. So I think it's a great pair. When you're working with Duplos as well, or just really just playing with kids, you can also work on some really great social scenarios. So you can have your little people and you've built the slide and they're having to wait their turn or, you know, you're, they crash at the end of the slide and you say, ah, too fast, too fast, slow down. You can do a lot of fun play with it that are great vocab words. You can practice greetings. So you can kind of do that role play of like, walk, 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 walk. Hi, my name is Mary. What's your name? How old are you? You can practice some of those great little early greetings. And you can also practice the whole time to go scenario, which is so hard for so many kids to leave a really fun thing. So you can even practice that when it's time to pick up the Duplos, for example, say, okay, friends, two more minutes, then it's time to go. And you can practice in your play that will link to leaving the park when it's actually time to go. So I really, really like this set a lot. I also wanted to talk about Duplos because I think that it's interesting to me working with so many families. I think that pretend play comes way easier to some parents than others. Kim, wouldn't you say the same? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, some kids, like some parents just, that is their jam. They're super creative. They're always thinking of things. And I'm looking at the super fun dads right now. We've mm-hmm. got a lot of, like, they're really good at this. My husband, for example, really good at this, of just coming up at creative things to do with toys. Um, but for some of us, it's a little bit harder. I, I actually think I'm kind of in that category. I have to force myself to think about how to do the whole pretend play script thing. That doesn't really come natural to me, mm-hmm. um, naturally. And so I think that's why I kind of in this podcast too, I talk about what I do because my thought process and how I approach even pretend play is a lot more systematic than my husband, for example, who would just kind of like, they just play and it's this great routine. Yeah. Uh But I, growing up, I mean, I was the same way. I was so much, I love to build. I love Legos. I love to build structures. I love to design the furniture in them and rooms and make hospitals and castles. But my sisters were the people who would, then they'd come in behind me and I'd created this great thing. Like I'd created Mm -hmm. a mosque at one point with like wooden blocks, you know, but then they would come in behind me and with their dolls or Polly Pockets or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, here, you know, and they'd do the whole like (laughs) script thing, you know, but like I would build it and be like, okay, night, like I'm good. I'm going to build something else now. Yeah. So I I really have to, I have to work at this. And and that's kind of how a lot of our kids are too, is that some of these really important skills that are so important in play are not always natural for every child. And I think that it's really good as a parent to put yourself out of your comfort zone, if that's that also may be you, and really 
doing it for them, doing it with them, show them the routines and just do it together in a way that honestly, your child might just be watching you play at the beginning. That's usually how it happens is they're just Mm -hmm. kind of smiling and watching as you're doing all of it. And then they'll say, do it again. Wait, 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 do that part again. And you're going to do it again and again. And then you're going to listen in from the other room when you have the Duplos out. And later, you know, two days later, you're going to hear that exact same script and language that you guys worked on and they were just listening to right together. So it's so good. Um, Open-ended play is so great for that. And I really encourage parents to, you know, if you're not, if that's not what you maybe feel that you're really good at to maybe learning and listening to these Friday favorite episodes on toys will give you a little more methodical way of approaching play with your children. Right. And I think personality definitely plays a factor in this. You are going to have kids. And I think that goes back to people in general who are more outgoing and more talkative and more social and have that intrinsic desire to just be chattier. And then you have kids who might want to focus more on the building part or what am I designing or it's just going on more in their head and that's fine. But I think making sure that we're teaching the skills that are needed for overall communication. And that really comes from us modeling it, then practicing it. And so maybe they aren't going to be quite as playful or into open-ended play like your sisters were, but just still being able to learn those skills of being in in that it's going to come into play when they are in school and they are with other kids and being able to interact and be a part of those social scenes. Right, right. All right. Well, these were two great toys. They're two of my favorites. We also have the Duplos and they are just ones that I think can grow with kids. And so they are great toy to invest in and have at home. And I think they'll both be ones that you use for a long time. So hope you enjoyed listening and can check out the toys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and check out our website, thespeechsource.com. Also check us out on Instagram for more ideas on speech, language, feeding, and play.